Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible Chronological. I'm China. Today is the 19th day of November. Welcome. So great to be here with you today as we finish out our week together. I'm excited to continue our story here in the Book of Acts, with chapters nine through ten, finishing off with the New International Version this week. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, "Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me?" "Who are you, Lord?" Saul asked. "I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting," he replied. "Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do." The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision. Ananias, yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, "Go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying." In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, "I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem, and he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name." But the Lord said to Ananias, "Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel." I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. And Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, "Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit." Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. At once, he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. All those who heard him were astonished and asked, "Isn't he the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among those who call on his name? And hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief priests?" Yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Messiah. After many days had gone by, there was a conspiracy among the Jews to kill him. But Saul learned of their plan. Day and night, they kept close watch on the city gates in order to kill him. But his followers took him by night and lowered him in a basket through an opening in the wall. When he came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, not believing that he really was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. He told them how Saul, on his journey, had seen the Lord, and that the Lord had spoken to him, and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. So Saul stayed with them and moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. He talked and debated with the Hellenistic Jews, but they tried to kill him. 
when the believers learned of this, they took him down to Caesarea and sent him off to Tarsus. Then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace and was strengthened, living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit and increased in numbers. As Peter traveled about the country, he went to visit the Lord's people who lived in Lydda. There he found a man named Aeneas, who was paralyzed and had been bedridden for eight years. Aeneas, Peter said to him, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and roll up your mat. Immediately, Aeneas got up. All those who lived in Lydda and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. In Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha. In Greek, her name is Dorcas. She was always doing good things and helping the poor. About that time, she became sick and died, and her body was washed and placed in an upstairs room. Lydda was near Joppa. When the disciples heard that Peter was in Lydda, they sent two men to him and urged him, Please come at once. Peter went with them, and when he arrived, he was taken upstairs to the room. All the widows stood around him, crying and showing him the robes and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was still with them. Peter sent them all out of the room. Then he got down on his knees and prayed. Turning towards the dead woman, he said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes, and seeing Peter, she sat up. He took her by the hand and helped her to her feet. Then he called for the believers, especially the widows, and presented her to them alive. This became known all over Joppa, and many people believed in the Lord. Peter stayed in Joppa for some time with a tanner named Simon. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion in what was known as the Italian Regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. One day at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? He asked. The angel answered, Your prayers and gifts to the poor have come as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon, who is called Peter. He is staying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. And the angel who spoke to him had gone. Cornelius called two of his servants and a devout soldier who was one of his attendants. He told them everything that had happened and sent them to Joppa. About noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals, as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, Get up, Peter. Kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I've never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. While Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, the men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. They called out, asking if Simon, who was known as Peter, was staying there. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you, so get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. Peter went down and said to the men, I'm the one you're looking for. Why have you come? 
The men replied, We have come from Cornelius the Centrian. He is a righteous and God-fearing man who is respected by all the Jewish people. A holy angel told him to ask you to come to this house so that he could hear what you have to say. Then Peter invited the men into the house to be his guests. The next day, Peter started out with them, and some of the believers from Joppa went along. The following day, he arrived in Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives and close friends. As Peter entered the house, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in reverence. But Peter made him get up. Stand up, he said. I'm only a man myself. While talking with him, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. He said to them, You are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with or visit a Gentile. But God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without raising any objection. May I ask why you sent for me? Cornelius replied, Three days ago I was in my house praying at this hour, at three in the afternoon. Suddenly a man in shining clothes stood before me and said, Cornelius, God has heard your prayer and remembered your gifts to the poor. Send the Joppa for Simon who is called Peter. He is, in, he is a guest in the home of Simon the Tanner, who lives by the sea. So I sent for you immediately, and it was good for you to come. Now we are all here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout the providence, the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country, of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a cross. But God raised him from the dead and on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen, by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him, that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard this message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, Surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus, Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. So some really powerful things happen here today that are worth pointing out in case you miss them. So the Holy Spirit is like, let's do a parent trap. <laughs> Except for they're not parents. And um, it's just a fun, it's like the Holy Spirit mess around sometimes. Um, he, God is speaking to 
Cornelius and he speaks to Simon and uh, or Simon Peter and they come together and I love what Peter says. It wasn't like, okay, well, let me just pull something out of thin air and like make it worth your while for being here. He's like, okay, great. And the Lord really wanted us to be here together. So let's ask him. I love that. I love that. Um, beautiful. Because then what happens is the Holy Spirit is released upon the Gentiles. And we see in scripture, it was a shock. And uh, again, something that Peter says that I love was surely God has no favorites. And it's like, yes, that is his goodness. That is his good, kind nature. And then something in the beginning of scripture that I just was like enamored with is, you know, the story of, of Saul and his introduction that we read about his life is uh, is pretty quick. Like he comes onto the scene pretty quickly. Like he approves Stephen's death and then uh, he's on the road to Damascus and God strikes him blind. And um, he kind of ha- he has this real encounter with the Lord and he says like, yeah, Lord, like I, I will stop persecuting your people and, and I will follow you. And so all these people are rightfully afraid of even Peter's like, are we sure this guy is one of us? Like he's he killed our buddy Stephen like not that long ago. You know, like I think that that's very normal to have those questions and that hesitation. But ultimately, they realize the truth and the fruit is is present. And um, I think something that really captured my heart was something that Saul has a background in. You know, these the disciples before Jesus asked them and and said, "Hey, follow me." Before he really invited them to follow the him, um, they weren't necessarily these like holy dudes (laughs) they were just normal everyday guys who jesus was encountering and saying hey like follow me but saul is someone who is persecuting literally instructing signing off on killing christians and believers and throwing them into prison and then he has this encounter with jesus and he's now one of those that he's been killing and so Again, totally makes sense that you'd be a little skeptical of it, right? Like, is this like a massive trap for all of us? Like, we, are we all going down here? But an angle that Saul has is that he was persecuting who he now is claiming to be. Or, sorry, he's not like claiming to be Jesus, but he, who he's claiming is what his position was, what his uh, job, if you will, was is now very opposite. And what I say, what I mean by when I say he has this angle is he can minister to all these people who were high up and in these places of also persecuting Christians. And he is in this place where he can really say like, hey, like I had this encounter with the Lord and I was blind for three days. And then this guy shows up and he prays over me and, uh, these things fell from my eyes are super gross, but like now I can see and I am just living for the Lord and this is the real deal. And like, you should follow in this too. And it just reminded me of, you know, 
maybe you have a, a background that feels rough and tough and like, oh man, you know, I don't have a, a great Sunday school story and that's okay. You know, you don't have to have that. You don't get into heaven faster if you have that background. Um, if anything, I feel like I was talking to one of my friends earlier this month and I was just telling her, you know, hey, where you're at in life, like, don't despise it. Don't get caught up in shame. Don't get caught up in um, condemnation because actually you have a sweet angle in your life where you can minister to people who are in this category of life and who are walking through these things that I can't relate to. Not a ton of people can, but you can, and you are following the Lord and you've come back to him and you are able to really minister to people who feel lost, who feel confused, who feel too far gone, you know, anything in that category. And it's like, but you can speak in a place of like, I was there that was me too. And now I'm not there anymore because of Christ who lives in me. And so I just want to encourage you, maybe you have a rough background. Maybe you have a story where you can relate to maybe not everything of Saul, but you can relate to some things. And you're sitting here like, man, I could never, like people would ask the same thing. Like, are we sure we're allowing this dude to come around? Because he's not been safe before she's not been safe before or you know whatever fill in the blank but i can promise you that the lord knows your heart and he will send others to give a word of validation and there will be people at your defense and if because because jesus is at your defense and he will show hey actually this person is following for is following me and it's not up to you, you know, like, what is that to you? But um, I just wanted to encourage you that you don't have to have a super whatever story. Like you, the story that you have is, is your story and you don't have to feel like, oh man, we're trying to share the other day that she just knew the Lord from a young age. Okay, yes, but I also, you know, I, there, there's pros and cons to that, okay? There's pros and cons to that, just as there is with anybody's story. Um, not pros and cons, but like, I didn't, I didn't have like a pristine, white, angelic um, following the Lord, like by any means. And so I'm just sharing this to say, like, don't feel like you have to compare your relationship with the Lord, your story, how you came to know Christ, and then the things that you did while even claiming Christ, like, goodness gracious, like, there's a whole nother thing we could go into. Like, don't just think that you don't have a story and that you can't minister to people or that you couldn't share the things that the Lord is doing. If anything, you get to turn right back around and say, hey, I know that I was hanging out in such and such areas or talking like this or being a part of these things, but actually, like, the Lord really got a hold of me and I'm not partaking in that anymore. And you know what? Like, I think he wants to set you free too. Like, I think there's freedom for you in this as well. And people may be like, bro, what? Like we just did blah, 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 blah the other day. And you're like, yeah. And then I felt conviction. Like I heard the Holy Spirit's voice and he 
really revealed himself to me. And so I just want to encourage you that if that's you and you feel like you can relate to Saul or really any part of today's scripture, um, you're not alone. And God is not done with Saul and we'll see what continues to happen to him. But this is where I leave you for um, the reading this week. But Father, I thank you that uh, your sheep know your voice. And I thank you that you are a kind and loving, gracious King and that you are always welcoming us back into your arms. There's never a, this was how many times, or this is the fifth time, this is the last time. There's none of that. I thank you that you are a generous and kind, slow to anger, patient father. And I just thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your word. I thank you for each and every single person's story. And God, I thank you that you have been at the very beginning and all of them, you have been Lord over all of them. And I pray that we would ask you to be Lord over our stories from here, uh, from now until this day forward. And I just thank you, God, that you are with us, you're for us, and that our story, where we've been and where we are going has value because of what you have done in our lives. And I pray, Lord, that you would get all of the glory. And it is in your name we pray. Amen. So this is where I leave you for the week, but I hope and I'm praying that you have a very happy Thanksgiving with loved ones. Um, if you are traveling or hosting or serving, may you be blessed. May you practice some deep, um, just deep breaths. Remember to have deep breaths and to release the tension from your body and to invite Holy Spirit in, even as you're making mashed potatoes or as you're cleaning up the dishes or you got into that tussle with that family member that you said you weren't going to or any of those things, like invite the Holy Spirit in. He's there. He wants to be invited. And um, yeah, I just pray peace of Jesus over you and your holiday season. So last year, I stepped out to be a mom. I had my daughter, Reagan. So my mom had the idea last year to go through, you know, how did the Bible transform your life and how is it transforming your life? And, um, and so you guys called in and you shared and it was compiled into a beautiful podcast around the Thanksgiving time. And so we want to do that again this year. So you can call in starting today and um, we're going to accept calls all the way through the 23rd, I believe, um, which will be next Wednesday. So here's a couple of like ground rules real quick. There's just two. Uh, number one, if you have prayer requests and you want to call in about how the Bible transformed your life, make them separate calls um, or else they're not going to get played. There's just going to be so much um, of people who want to call in and to share it. And uh, we love that. We love that. We want to hear it. Um, we're just asking that you make those calls separate. So if they are combined, they will not be played. Um, so we want you to call in and say, hey, this is how the Bible transformed my life. And um, so we want to hear that. And so that we can hear everybody's calls together, we're asking that you keep it to a minute long. I know that that is tough. So maybe try to do a couple trial runs um, 
So maybe do a couple trials and get it to where it can be right around that minute mark and uh, and those will get played. There will be a really beautiful, um, so like my dad with the Daily Audio Bible, there's a Christmas, um, DAB Christmas episode. And so my mom had the really great idea last year to do how the Bible has transformed your life and to do it around Thanksgiving. So we're going to do that again this year. So just those two things, if you have a prayer request and you want to call in um, and share how the Bible has transformed your life, make sure there are separate calls and um, keep it at a minute mark. So you can call at 800-583-2164 or if you use the app, you can record through there and send it in as well. And uh, those will get played. So super excited and uh, I cannot wait to sit down and hear your stories and uh, feel like we're all going to need to have a, I would say Kleenex, but I feel like towel will be more appropriate. <laughs> um, but yes, I'm very, very much so looking forward to that. That is all for today. I'm China. I love you. And I'll be waiting for you here tomorrow. Hi everyone, it's Christy in Kentucky. Father, thank you for this beautiful day that you've given to us, Lord Jesus. Friends, I wanted to ask for you to pray for our sister, Susan, God's yellow flower in Canada. Susan had surgery yesterday and it went well. And I just wanted to ask if you would to continue to pray for our precious sister, Susan. She's so faithful to pray for all of us. And so it's such a honor to lift her up to the throne and ask the Lord to touch and give her favor. Also, um, I wanted to ask you to pray for Susan's friend, Ruth, who is severe dementia and she is actively passing away and Susan couldn't be with her, which is hard for Susan. Um, there is a friend there named Jeanette, which is also Susan's friend, I guess Susan and Ruth and Jeanette were really good friends, used to do a lot of things together. So it's hard um, for Susan and for Jeanette. Ruth's children don't know the Lord, and that was one of Ruth's biggest desires, of course, which is most of the desires of the hearts of parents whose children don't know the Lord. And so are asking that the Lord will send someone into their lives that they will listen to and understand and receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Friends, I'm asking um, for prayer. I have to go back and have a um, repeat test on the, one of my tests came back abnormal and they have called me back. So I'm asking if you would just to keep me in prayer along with my precious husband, Tim, who also, uh, we're waiting on the manifestation of his healing. Thank you so much. Good morning, Dabsey family. It is Lady of Victory on Tuesday, the 15th of November. This call is for Taylor, Matt, and the quiet storm. We just, I just listened and uh, heard the report of storm and what she is going through in such her in, in such a short time of being here. But isn't that usually what happens? Sometimes you don't even know the storm is coming because it's quiet and it comes in like a roar. 
and then it just leaves. But it leaves that devastation behind. And so a storm has come into this world and the enemy has tried to afflict her because he knows that she's going to be quiet, but she's going to leave the kingdom of hell and devastation. And so, God, we come to you on behalf of Taylor and Matt and Storm. We know, God, that the things that you do are beyond us. We can ask you the questions because your shoulders are big enough for that. God, now we may not get the answer, but we certainly can ask you the question. And this is where our faith comes into play. And so I ask, Father, that you would strengthen Taylor and Matt as they have left their jobs to care for quiet storm. God, provide for them in every need possible, God, in every way possible. Let there be no lack in this house, God, as a result of um, you taking care of them, you providing for them, you causing men and women to give into their bosom. Father, I pray that all they have to think about is caring for baby storm. And I thank you that the doctors are optimistic And so you use whatever it is that you have to use, God, to bring storm to a place of healing and peace. It's in your precious name we pray. Amen.